This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode. It is 1,456 if you're keeping track. And it is, well, a Sunday. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That's true, that's me, and the hero of this story. And all the episodes of the Riley and Kimmy show is Kimmy right next to me. She is strange. I like it. I hope you like it, too. And hopefully she has recovered from a Saturday night Christmas party and is happy. It is Sunday morning, up with a lock. I think I'll take a walk in the park. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful Hopefully it's a beautiful day for you this Sunday. If you're listening to the day, it is uploaded, and I doubt you're walking in the park, especially if you're up north. We are based in Central Florida, and even in Central Florida, I have a feeling you're not walking in the park because it's cold. It's cold in here. It's cold in here. Well, it's not cold to me because I remember what real cold is all about, but I think some are shivering a little bit in Central Florida and South Florida right now, and definitely North Florida. I see Kimmy bundled up here in the Riley and Kimmy Show studio. I am not kidding. I wish Mm -hmm. I had the camera. She actually has a coat on and has it secured snug to herself. Do you have mittens or gloves on, Kimmy? No. All right. You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, get sympathy or anything, but I find this kind of... Well, I find it funny because as a child, I grew up in a home up north and you had to wear a winter coat in the house because we didn't have electricity a lot of the times. Mm. And even when we did the, there was no heating. It was just horribles, an old, I mean, old farmhouse built in the mid 1800s. And it got cold, so cold that the dog food water bowl would freeze. Wow. Yes. It was cold. Uh, so I see Kimmy next to me here acting like her teeth are chattering. And it got a little funny. <laughs> How are you doing on this Sunday, Kimmy? Have you recovered from your Saturday night Christmas party? Oh, yeah. All right. And a big thank you to Kimmy for taking me to a uh, a friend's party of hers and introduced me to a whole pile of people I never met before in my life. Mm-hmm. It was a fun time. And thank you to all those uh, that I met who might be listening to the Riley and Kimmy show today. It was great to meet you. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was they, you know, they do need name badges. Oh, I know, right? I, like, I, I, I don't remember your name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any photos or videos of Kimmy's dancing. If there is, you know, feel free to contact me. You can do that on the Riley and Kimmy Show Facebook page. Message me, send me the video, send me the photos. I'm not saying I 
recorded or took photos of anything, but if you did, uh, please feel free to send those to me, and I'll be more than happy to post those on the Riley and Kimmy Show page. And you can find links to our our social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can find all of those right on our website with archived episodes, also celebrity interviews we have done over the course of time, and you can find the platforms to take the Riley and Kimmy show with you anywhere, any time of day or night, and to listen quite easily. We are proud to state we are part of iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find all of those on our website. What is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com Say nothing but rotten junk on that program. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? It is a Sunday. The question for Kimmy is, does she want to go back in time to the thrilling days of yesteryear and challenge her brain cells with some pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? All right. All right. You're you're okay? You're recovered? All right, all right, all right. All right. Didn't know she was going to do celebrity impersonations this early. Anyhow... It is a Sunday, December 10th, as we move to the timeline, which has been adjusted chronologically, meaning it is not in linear order. Feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. She actually believes in time travel answers. So yell at whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The Riley and Kimmy Show. First question from the timeline, Kimmy, is space-oriented. With a two-year buffer, Kimmy, we're looking for the date. It was on this date in history. We're looking for the year six astronauts opened the doors to the new International Space Station, which orbited 250 miles above the Earth's surface. What year did the doors open for the new International Space Station within two years? 1980? It was... 1998. Moving to movies, Kimmy. Let's see how you do with this one. This film, directed by Richard Donner, opened on this date. You have a plus or minus of one year. Identify the movie. Uh, hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have plans this evening? Oh. Oh, this whole thing, no. Well, listen, it's no trouble at all for no. you to come back later. Don't move! Um, or... Uh, <laughs> What is the movie, Kimmy? Superman. Superman the movie premiered on this date. Happened in Washington, D.C. That's where it um, had its first showings. Can you tell me what year within one year? 78. 1978, that's correct. Tell me the stars of that movie. 
Margot Kidder. Correct. Christopher Reeve. Marlon Brando. Who played Lex Luthor? Um, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Played Lex Luthor. Moving somewhere else on the timeline. Please pay attention. The year is 1906. This president of the United States became the first American to be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Who is it? Teddy Roosevelt. You're right, TR. I thought maybe we'd have to go to, like, bully as a clue or something. No, you fantastic there. Year is 1949. This person cut eight tracks during his first recording sessions. He would have a slew of top 40 hits and R&B hits. Here's one of his early, well, matter of fact, earliest charting songs. See if you can identify who it is. Now, please note, the sound quality isn't the best. But here we go. Identify the person who could tickle the 88s, Kimmy. I can give you another clue if necessary, but who is that? Mm. He would have... Fat, Fats Domino? Yes, I was going to say he had Blueberry Hill as a hit. That's Fats Domino. If you'll notice, he is fat at 200 pounds. That's what he says in the song. Oh. Yes, they call him fat because he weighs 200 pounds. He is the fat man. Mm-hmm. 1949, recorded his first eight songs. The year is 1953. This person publishes the first Playboy magazine. Who is it, Kimmy? Hugh Hefner. Yes, he did that with an investment of $7,600. That's in 1953. The year is 1963. This singer and actor and television personality made his debut with a certain band, on NBC's Andy Williams show, he was five years old at the time, maybe four. There's a dispute of his age. Here he is talking about that experience. Tell me who it is. The way I got involved in the Andy Williams shows is that I would watch my brothers every week or whenever they were on. And I wanted to be a part of it. So I would ask my mother to go out and get Andy Williams records. And I would spend hours trying to sing like Andy. And uh, they thought it was cute and everything that I was trying to copy Andy Williams. And they told Andy about it. He says, oh, I got to see this. Scared half to death. Can you tell me who that is? Donnie Osman? What is your name? Donnie. Donnie? Yes, sir. Well, how old are you? Five. Five? And you sing along with your brothers, huh? Yes, sir. Do you know, uh, yes, sir, that's my baby? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, how do we get started? Do you give a... Do you conduct, or what happens? Yes, sir, we declare She is mighty sweet Take a look right over there See her coming down the street Yes, sir, that's my baby No, sir, don't be baby Yeah. <laughs> 
That is Donny Osmond, five years old. Aww. Although he says he's four, maybe five in interviews when he talks about it. Says he's five when he's five there, so we, I guess when the, the, the five-year-old version is accurate, I guess, of that. But as an adult, when he talks about it or recalls it, he says he was either four or five when it happened. And that was on the Andy Williams Show. I'm sure that is available online if you want to see the full episode, the full thing. It is quite precious. That is Donny Osmond. The year is 1966. This band releases an album in the United States. Not their first in the United States. Matter of fact, this album has, well, some songs that have been previously released. Identify the band, Kimmy. Can you identify who that is? The Rolling Stones. That is correct. Moving to something else on the music timeline. The year, 1976. Yeah, 10 years forward. It was a hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who the band is. Someone knocking at the door. Somebody ringing the bell. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Who is that, Kimmy? Wings. That's right, from the album Wings Over America. Do you have that on vinyl or CD mm. or MP3 or anything? Yes, I do. All right. Now, did that hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100? I would say yes. You are wrong. It hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100. It was number one, which is kind of amazing because the next chart is kind of a slower, easier pace, relaxed kind of chart. The Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts, it was number one. Mm-hmm. 1976, we can't get out of there. This single is released. Tell me the name of the single and tell me the name of the band. It's released in the United States on this date. What is the name of that hit? Somebody to Love? Somebody to Who had that as a hit, Kimmy? Queen. That's correct. The year is 1984. This single is released. Identify the single. Can you tell me the name of that song? Do they know it's Christmas time? Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Into your raise a plan for everyone. Into them underneath that coming sun. Do they know it's Christmas time at It was a group comprised of many pop stars of the time period of 1984. Can you tell me the name it was marketed under, the the band? Band Aid. Yes, Band Aid, 1984, Do They Know It's Christmas. It's 1990, the first Billboard Music Awards takes place. This person was a big winner of eight trophies. Identify the performer. Action! 
Is it Kimmy? Janet Jackson. That's correct. 1993, the crew of the Space Shuttle Endeavor deployed the repaired space telescope into Earth's orbit. What is the name of that space telescope? Hubble. Now you see it every day without realizing. The images glimpsed through, uh, what did you call it? This, uh, this Hubble telescope. Hubble. <laughs> Hubble telescope. <laughs> the winning continues for Kimmy. Let's see if she gets this one. Question, Kimmy, the year is 2001. The Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings film, directed by this person, premieres in London. Tell me the name of the director. Peter Jackson. Oh, you are on a roll. It is celebrity and notable wedding time. Kimmy, the year is 2005. Country music artist Garth Brooks at the age of 43 marries what singer who was 41 at the time? Trish Yearwood. Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks. You're right. The year is 2005. The year is 2010. This recording artist's handwritten lyrics for his one song sells at an auction for $422,500. Identify the song, Kimmy. And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone. And if your breath to you is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Can you tell me the name of that song? I cannot. Ooh. Oh, the times, they are a-changing. If you're a fan of the movie Watchmen, that is right at the opening scene, or used in the opening scenes for The Watchmen, can you tell me the recording artist? Bob Dylan. Yes, Bob Dylan, you are correct. $422,500 for that handwritten lyrics for that song, which Kimmy obviously just loves. She, you really do. You're a Bob Dylan fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Tell me why this person is on the list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Emily Dickinson. Why is Emily Dickinson on the birthday list? She was born 1830. She was an author. She was a poet. We'll accept author. She was an American poet. Really didn't, really no fame till after her death when a bunch of unpublished material became published by her sister who... Actually, she is kind of interesting. Emily asked her sister to destroy all her writings at her death to burn them all. Sister didn't burn them. Mm. Now they are classics. Tell me why this person is famous, Kimmy. Melville Dewey, born 1851. That's Melville Dewey. I don't know. Oh, you've dealt with his certain creation, Melville Dewey. He created something in the library world. Oh, the Dewey Decimal System? That classification system will accept uh, something that might... I don't even know if that's even utilized generally. It's probably it's utilized probably for a archiving catalog purpose in the library, but people probably don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you been to a library lately? Mm. I went to a library recently. It was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it sad? Yeah. A lot of empty space. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of empty space. Mm-hmm. 
it was it, I'm I'm not kidding here. Very sad to be at a library. At least the one we were at near by our bat cave. Next individual, Dorothy Lamour. Do you know why she's on the list? Born 1914. An actress? You're correct. Actress and singer. She is best remembered for appearing in a lot of Road 2 movies. You've probably never seen these with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Have you seen those? I have not. You should check those out. They're safe for, you know, they're fun. They're fun. And she was fantastic. A great performer. Born on this date, 1914. Died 1996 at the age of 81. It's interesting. She resurrected her career, took some time off, and then came back in her upper 50s. Hmm. Started performing in nightclubs and things again. And wrote an autobiography, which is worth checking out if you like classic Hollywood. She talks about Bob Hope and, and uh, you know, those days. Next individual, actor born 1928, best remembered for this TV show. Tell me the TV show, Kimmy. Can you identify that TV show, Kimmy? Bonanza. That's correct. He played on Bonanza. He was one of the sons... Tell me his name, if you can. Also, well, tell me the character, first of all. Then tell, you know, that he played, which son. And tell me his name, if you can. Born on this date, 1928. I agree with little Joe, ma'am. It ain't often we get an opportunity to have a filly like you visit us. Night, ma'am. He's dead, Joe. Maybe Adam and the others got away. Hey, Joe, come here. It's Indian ponies, I make it. Adam left his pony picketed over here, you see? Looks like they rode out in this direction. Maybe Adam and the Dunsford's are still alive after all, huh? Can you tell me the name of the character he played, Kimmy? Haas. That's right, Haas, the actor who played Haas, born on this day, 1928. Who is the actor? Dan Block. Er. Dan Blocker? Yes, Dan Blocker, born on this day. Best remember for playing Haas. He died in 1972 at the age of 43 from a pulmonary embolism following a gallbladder surgery. They kept the show going and it failed without him. They actually killed off the character, had him die in just, to me, it was an absurd way how they handled it. And the show was definitely lacking without him. They needed him. He was ex- he was the anchor uh, to the show. I love watching the classic Bonanzas and him. Just uh, He was very talented. Mm. And do you realize he, he sang, Kimmy? Really? Yes, he did. He performed. There, I'm not making this up. During the time period, especially in the 60s and very early 70s, late 50s, all the way, really late 60s, a lot of television celebrities would record songs. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, Tis the season to be jolly, That is not a joke. There's an entire album, Bonanza Jingle Christmas album, and that's Hoss there, uh, Dan Blocker singing. Kimmy's looking at me stunned and shocked, and um, Kimmy, we'll listen to the whole thing. I have it right here. We'll listen to it after uh, Mm. we get done with the show here. It's one of my favorites. I I love it. The year is 1941. Tommy Reddick is born, an American child actor. He died in 1996. He is known for playing Jeff Miller. On the first three seasons of this TV show, that's from 1954 to 1957, identify the TV show. Can you tell me the name of that TV show, Kimmy? Lassie. Lassie! 
That's right, Kimmy. He also co-starred with another former child actor in a forgotten TV series. He starred with Tony Dow in the mid-1960s TV soap opera, a teenage soap opera. I'm not making this up. They actually tried to market something to teenagers, a soap opera. ABC did this. It ran daily from 1965 to 1966. It was called Never Too Young. Never Too Young ran for 192 episodes. Hmm. And I have a feeling, Kimmy, because you grew up around some soap opera groupies, individuals who just love soap operas. I bet they never talked about that, have they? No. All right. Staying in birthdays, this next person, an actress, singer, best known for playing Liz Chandler on a certain show, Kimmy, identify the, well, it's a daytime soap opera. Identify the soap opera. Like sands through the hourglass, so are What is the name of that soap opera? The Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. A new dramatic serial starring McDonald Carey. Now, did you watch that ever? Mm-mm. You just know that classic opening right yes well she was on the show for five years and she had a top 40 hit she and singer carl anderson actor as well performed a certain duet can you tell me her name kimmy what would you say if i told you i've always wanted to hold you i don't She's celebrating her 71st birthday today. Can you identify her from that song, Friends and Lovers? It was Mm. a big hit in 1986. No, I can't. That's Gloria Loring. That song reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. Moving to another birthday, Kimmy. This actress, known for a couple of TV shows, she has done movies too. One is a sci-fi fantasy film, which I have a feeling you've never seen before, called Looker. She is the star of Looker. But she was also part of two TV hits, one of them being this one from 1986 to 1992. Let's see if Kimmy can identify this TV show. She was on it from 1986 to 1992. Can you tell me the name of the show, Kimmy? Law and Order? No. No. You're close. There is a law in it. It's mm. L.A. Law. That LA she was on law. from 1986 okay, to yeah. 1992. Now, before that, she was on this TV show from 1970 to 1974. What is it, Kimmy? The Partridge Family. 
That's right. It is the Partridge family. She was on both those shows. And one more clue for you here. Tell me who she is. Well, look who's here. It's Harry Hollywood. The radio. Playing the same thing my mouth is. I beg your pardon? It was you. Laurie. Did you know you have braces? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you tell me... Who played Lori Partridge? Susan Day. Yes, how old is Susan Day today within five years? Um, 65. You got it exactly right. By the way, that sound bite right there, that little sniglet there from the Partridge family of her with her braces and the radio, that is Mark Hamill who's playing the boyfriend. Really? Yes. And he is almost unrecognizable, in my opinion. Uh-huh. It's worth checking out. Wow. That, that Partridge Family episode is the braces episode. He is the boyfriend that she's afraid to show her mouth to. She won't show him her mouth or anybody. She keeps her mouth closed. Mm. That's what, well, That's how they deal with the episode. So it's kind of fun, and it's worth watching just because of Mark Hamill. Next individual born, 1957. Kimmy died in 2012 at the age of 54 Actor best known for, well, his breakout role in The Green Mile from 1999. He played John Coffey. Sin City 2005, he was in, and you know him for playing Kingpin in the 2003 motion picture Daredevil. It's a shame you came here wounded. I would have loved to fight you in your prime. They call you the man without fear. That's true. Why are you afraid to show your face? I don't believe it. No. No. The blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen? <laughs> Can you tell me who it is? Um, Michael Duncan... Wow, we'll accept it. Stop right there. You'll get yourself in trouble. It's Michael Clark Duncan, because you you knew it was three names. Yes. It's Michael Clark Duncan. You got it right. Born 1957, died in 2012. I think he was a fantastic kingpin. Mm-hmm. I know people that really got, well, he wasn't, I, I don't, yeah, I liked him as kingpin. Mm-hmm. I think he was great. And yes. there's elements of that movie I do like. I, I recommend checking out the director's cut, not the theatrical release. If you can get past the seesaw scene, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Director's cut, though, right? Yes. You got to go director's cut. Next birthday, Kimmy, identify this jazz performer. He has had a top 40 hit back in 1985. It was actually a dance hit. It hit number 57 on the pop charts. Tell me who it is. In Vietnam, he was 19. In, 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 in Vietnam, he was 19. He is not the person talking there. He is the person who did the music. He created the song. He is one of the most talented keyboardists in the world of jazz of all time. That's my opinion. Tell me who it is. Oh, I'm going to scramble the name. It's um, We're ready. Paul Hardcastle. Oh, you didn't. It's fine, Kimmy. It's Paul Hardcastle. You are right. And if you enjoy that, check out his rich, rich uh, work in the world of music. Fantastic, mm-hmm. especially in the world of smooth jazz. Next individual actor, Kimmy, and director celebrating a birthday today. Tell me who he is and how old he is within five years. He has directed the films Cinderella in 2015. He directed Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit in 2014. He introduced 
mainstream cinema to Thor. In 2011, he was a director of Thor, and he appeared in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets in 2002. He was an actor in that. Tell me who it is. Let me introduce you to your new defense against the dark arts teacher. Me. Gilderoy Lockhart. Order of Merlin, third class. Honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League and five times winner of which weekly's most charming smile award. But I don't talk about that. I didn't get rid of the band and banshee by smiling at them. <laughs> oh, I love him in that film. Can you tell me who he is, Gimme? Brana? Yes, Kenneth Brana. Celebrating a birthday today. You got it right. Can you tell me how old he is within five years? 54? Uh, you get it within five. He is 57 today. Next person, actress and singer, Kimmy. She played Karen Taylor Winters on The Young and Restless and Sydney Cook on Walker, Texas Ranger. She broke the top 40 back in 1988 with this single, Tell me who she is. She is celebrating her 56th birthday today. Can you tell me who that is? Who's celebrating her 56th birthday? No, I can't. Song Trouble, 1988, hit number 35 on the top 40 charts. That's Nia Peebles celebrating a birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, Kimmy. Identify this person who died on this date in history. Died at the age of 26 in 1967. I left my home in Georgia And I headed for the Frisco Bay I've got nothing to live for. Look like nothing's gonna come my way. Who is it, Kimmy? Otis Redding. That's right. The year is 1978. <laughs> this American filmmaker and director dies of heart failure at the age of 54. In 1975, he was awarded a Golden Turkey Award as the worst director of all time. And for one of the, well, I guess one of the reasons he got that uh, that award was for the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space. That was his baby. Can you tell me who passed away on this date in history? Ed Wood. That's right. Now, who played Ed Wood in the major cinematic Film released by Tim Burton. All right, let's put it on film. Camera. Rolling. Sound. And action. Who played Ed Wood? Johnny Depp. This is the one. This is the one I'll be remembered for. That is correct. One of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies, too. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, Martin Landau and Depp together, just, mm. just fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that movie is one that I actually chalk up to flawless. I can't. Really? Yeah, I can't tear it apart. I, I I love that movie. Yeah. It's just it's fantastic. And if you love the old uh, the old horror films and Bela Lugosi and all that, you got to check out that film if you never have. Ed Wood, who we're talking about, who passed away on this date, nineteen seventy eight. And I, I'm not necessarily recommending checking out Ed Wood's actual films. Uh, <laughs> that, that, go there at your own risk. Mm -hmm. 
you know, Glenn or Glenda or, mm. yeah. Bride of the Atom. Remember that one? That, mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Plan 9, Outer Space, Tor Johnson. Oh, it is, it is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The year is 2005. This American comedian who became an actor dies at the age of 65. Tell me who it is. You didn't see the man come flying out of the sky from the clouds. It was him with his cape flapping in the... <laughs> His cape was flapping in the wind. He was flying. He was great. He was just flying around. Shh. The cape was blowing in the wind like this. Shh. Looked like a flag. Shh. And he landed right in the middle of this big plantation. Shh. Dun, 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 dun. Right? And he looked, checked everything out, right, with his x-ray vision before he did that. And then he put these laser beams out of his eyes onto everything. Straight out laser beams. Dried up everything. Just like that. I'm talking about dried it up like the machines that they have in the men's rooms. You know what I'm talking about? The hot air comes out and you put your hands under there and you dry them off. Sometimes they don't work, right? Who is that, Kimmy? Richard Pryor. That's right. Died on this date at the age of 65 in 2005. Next person, 2005, passed away. Mary Jackson, American actress, died at the age of 95. Nearly 50-year career. It began in 1950. She spent almost, well... All of it on television. She's best known for playing on this TV show. Identify the TV show as soon as you can. What is that TV show, Kimmy? I... I'll give her one more clue. Oh, Are you I ready should for the know clue? that. Good night, John Boy. The Waltons. That's right. She was part of that show. She played one of the Baldwin sisters. She played Emily Baldwin. I have a feeling you never watched that show or not much of it, I correct? I tried not to. Okay. Well, all right. Didn't know the Waltons were torture for Kimmy. Mm-hmm. I'll have to keep that in mind. Mary Windsor passed away on this date in 2000. She was an actress known as the Queen of the Bees, meaning bee pictures. That's because she appeared in so many bee movies. She was in The Sniper, the narrow margin city that never sleeps, in Stanley Kubrick's heist movie called The Killing. By the way, all these are fantastic. She appeared on such programs as Maverick on TV, Bat Masterson, Perry Mason, The Incredible Hulk, Rawhide, General Hospital, and she was in a certain TV movie that Kimmy loves called Salem's Lot. She was a person that ran the boarding house. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Well, she was in that, and she was also, I think everybody was in this, Murder, She Wrote. I think everybody was on Murder, She Wrote at one time or another, don't you? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Kimmy, you did a fantastic job on this Sunday with, well, pop culture trivia. Uh, thank you. And we're going to go back in time now and honor something we talked about with the golden age of radio. Actress Dorothy Lamore was born on this date in 1914, and we have a, well, an excellent example of the golden age of radio with her. It's called Johnny Apollo from 1941. Acting with her in that episode is Burgess Meredith and the actor Edward Arnold. This is not Eddie Arnold from Green Acres. This is Edward Arnold, who did a lot of cinema in the, the golden age. He is fantastic. 
all of them together. It's a great example of the golden age of radio. And a little note, Cecil B. DeMille, the great film director, is narrator of this production. That's Johnny Apollo from 1941. Now, on our website, if you, if you find that you really like Johnny Apollo and the golden age of radio, maybe you've never heard old-time radio shows, we have a special treat for you there. In honor of actress Marie Windsor, who died on this date in 2000, we have an example of her golden age of radio work called Script by Mark Brady from 1959. This is really even though it's the latter days of the golden age of radio, it's when it's winding down and a lot of productions would start suffering because everything was focusing on TV, not this one. This is one of the best examples of the theater of the mind, one of the best scripts and best directed and acted I have ever heard. I can listen to it over and over again. It co-stars Vic Perrin. And you'll say, who is that? This is one of the reasons to check it out. He was one of the leading voice talents for a period of time, television, also films, you might uh, remember him from school movies that they would run little documentaries and things. But you also might remember him if you loved The Outer Limits. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer... We will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image. Make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur. Or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. Besides doing the opening to the outer limits, he appeared on camera in Star Trek and then also lent his voice to some iconic parts in Star Trek. You remember Nomad? Mm -hmm. You remember Nomad? Well, he was the voice of Nomad in The Changeling. I am Nomad. I am perfect. That which is imperfect must be sterilized. That unit is defective. Its thinking is chaotic. Absorbing it unsettled me. That unit is a woman. A mass of conflicting impulses. That is one of his samples. And he also was in the episode with the Gorn. You remember the Gorn? Mm-hmm. You know, you remember, you know, you remember, the, you remember the Gorn, right? One of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. I love the Gorn. Well, he was in the arena. Does my appearance surprise you, Captain? You seem more like a boy. I am approximately 1,500 of your Earth years old. You surprise me, Captain. By sparing your helpless enemy, who surely would have destroyed you, you demonstrated the advanced trait of mercy, something we hardly expected. We feel that there may be hope for your kind. Therefore, you will not be destroyed. It would not be civilized. You can hear his fine work in the golden age of radio, which is what he did before TV. You can find that on the episode script by Mark Brady. He plays Mark Brady, by the way. 
And that is available on our website right now at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now we have our tribute to Dorothy Lamour, who was born on this date in 1914. Here's Johnny Apollo with stars Burgess Meredith and Edward Arnold from 1941 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Richard Kane arrested. Richard Kane arrested. Grand jury indicts Richard Kane. Grand jury indicts Richard Kane. In screaming headlines, the papers record the downfall of a once honored and respected man. A successful businessman one day, a criminal the next. Richard Kane has seen his fingerprints recorded like those of any common thief. He's seen the fading of all his hopes and dreams. And now a harder duty lies before him. Released on bail pending trial, Richard Kane faces his son. They told me you'd come home. You shouldn't have left college. Why not? Because it looks as though you'd run away. You should have stayed to face it. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Sitting in class with everyone staring at me, as if I were Exhibit A instead of the skeleton they've got hanging on the wall, all my friends being extra nice to me just to show how broad-minded they are. Well, you'll have to learn to take it, son. Why should I take it for something I didn't do? Dick, you're making this thing much too important. Am I? Look, I sold things that didn't belong to me when I needed the money to protect myself. All right. It's not the first time that's been done. But it's hardly the usual thing. We're living in tough times, and we've got to be just as tough as the other fellow will go under. You've got to take them, or they'll take you. The world's no place for old women. My crime was that I ran into a streak of bad luck. This is my father speaking, isn't it? Well, you'll find it out for yourself when you have your own way to make in the world. Someday, when you're up against it, you'll fight any way you know how, fair or foul. They don't teach you that in college. They teach you to live by a code. What? The athletic code? There's only one rule, the survival of the fittest. This is a swell time to find it out. But I thought you knew. Look at yourself. Suppose I'd been soft and let a lot of people push me around. Where would you be? Out looking for a job or on relief. I might be better off than I am now. Oh, wake up, Dick. Use your head. I am. And I'm using my memory. Thinking way back to this afternoon when my father was still the greatest man in the world. Back ten years to the night mother died. You and I sat together until dawn. You remember? You remember that? You talked to me as if I were an equal, and I, I felt like one. We promised that we'd always be honest with each other. We both knew that there was a bond between us and nothing could ever break. It needn't be broken. Well, you broke it. You broke it when you stopped being honest with me and with yourself. No, you don't believe those things you said. You're too smart. You're just trying to square things with yourself, but you can't. And you can't square things with me either. Yeah. Now, don't tell me that I can't take it. Why should I be able to take it? When I've had no warning, when out of a clear sky, I find that my father's a crook. I hope you didn't mean that. I wish I didn't. All right. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm willing to admit that I didn't think about you much before, except to try and see that you got the best schooling and everything in the world you ever wanted. It probably wasn't enough. I didn't really think of you until I found out that this had happened. and had to figure what it might mean to you. Today has been like a nightmare, because I've been dreading the moment when I've had, had to face you and try to explain it to you. I've been afraid because, because I think it would have broken my heart if you'd been understanding and forgiving. But now I know better. The prison term doesn't mean anything to me. I can take that standing on my head. It was you I worried about. But now I know I'll never have to give you another thought as long as I live. Is that all? That's all. I suppose you won't mind if I leave. No, you have to make your own way in life, and the sooner you start, the better. That's what I figured. Goodbye, my son. 
It's very disheartening for me to pronounce sentence on a man of your position and background. Your crime is the more serious in that you misused your high place in our society to betray a sacred trust. Richard Kane, your sentence to serve from five to ten years in state prison. last minute. I, I heard the sentence. How is he taking it? Remarkably well. Did he, did he say anything about me? Why, no, he didn't, Dick. Oh. Well, what are you doing for him? I mean, legally. Well, I'm making the usual appeals, but I'm afraid it won't do any good. What are your plans? I haven't any. Get a job, I guess. Try to forget it all. Yes, I'm afraid you'll have to. When we've settled with all the creditors, there'll be nothing left in the estate. I know that. Well, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Thanks, Mr. McLaughlin. Wait. I want you to tell me what it'll be like up there. Will, it, will he be just like the rest? There aren't any special rules in prison, Dick. He'll be just like the rest. Stay in line there, men. We're all equal in this place. Now, who's next? I guess I am. Name, please. Richard Kane. Former occupation? Businessman. Oh. I used to be one myself. Before I made a mistake. Oh, you mean you're a prisoner, too? I'm a trustee. My duties are a little different now. <laughs> okay, I'm afraid there's no executive's office in here. Can you do anything else? Well, I started in business as a boilermaker. Would you like to start over again? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Richard Kane, number 47193, Iron Workshop. You can report there after lunch. Thanks. Thanks very much. Yes? Mr. McLaughlin, Mr. Richard Kane, Jr. is here. Send him in, please. Yes, sir. Come in, Dick. Come in, come in. How are you, sir? Fine. Sit down, Dick. Thank you. Well, what's on your mind? A great deal, sir. I haven't seen you for nearly a year, have I? No. What have you been doing? I spent most of the time looking for a job... I couldn't get one because of my name, so I changed it. Today I was fired for changing it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you see this in the paper? What's that? This down here. Mickey Dwyer paroled. Whereabouts of gang leader not disclosed. Parole board action unexpected. Mm, so that mobster's out again. What's that got to do with you, Dick? Well, nothing. Except that he was sentenced the same day as my father. Yes, I remember. Well, what I want to know is, if he's out, why is my father still in? Because there are certain methods which no respectable attorney would employ. Why not? What's wrong with them if they work? It's a question of legal ethics. What have ethics got to do with it? My father's in prison. I can't say I like the trend of this conversation. I don't care whether you like it or not. Why aren't you doing something for him? This gangster has a lawyer by the name of Brennan. If Brennan can fix the parole, why can't you? Since when have you been so interested in getting your father out? You have plenty of time to think when you're walking the streets looking for work. Oh. And I came to the conclusion that maybe my father was right after all. It was all these so-called friends of his who helped me find it out. There isn't one of them who isn't in his debt one way or another, and today they're all ashamed to admit that they ever knew him. Some of them, perhaps. And that goes for you, too. You've heard of rats leaving a sinking ship. I object to that. Well, why should you? I acted like a rat myself. I tried to judge him by a set of standards that don't apply. If you're going to get along in this dirty world, you've got to be just as dirty as anyone else. Now, let's forget about legal ethics. Are you going to do something for him or aren't you? I've already told you I can't. All right. If you won't, I'll get somebody who will. I'll get Brennan.
Brennan isn't home. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you. I'm waiting for myself. Have a seat. These stairs are hard on the pants, but it's easier on the feet. (laughs) Thanks. Have you any idea where Brennan is? He's in night court. He likes to pick up cases in night court. Those the people that get arrested at night are more natural. Well, I thought seeing these milk bottles here outside the door that he might be away. <laughs> he drinks that milk with scotch. When he can get the scotch. You know, I, I thought he had a pretty good business. He did until the mick went up. Took all his time and money to try and get the mick for all of us. The mick? Oh, is that, uh, is that Mickey Dwyer? Yeah. You know him? <laughs> Nobody knows the mick. They say I'm his girl. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Sometimes. Sometimes it's not so hot. See his mink coat? Yeah. Well, that's all that stands between me and the WPA. I'm out of a job myself. What do you do? Me? Uh-huh. I'm an actress. I used to work in that joint across the street, the Paradise Club. Dine and dance, no cover charge, but uh, keep your hand on your wallet. The <laughs> place is closed now, though. You're a singer? Mm-hmm. I should think your connection with Dwyer would get your job fast enough. That shows you don't know the Mick. Every guy in town that owns a joint knows him and knows that if they did me any favors, it would only mean one thing to him, to blow their head off. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm starving to death in a mink coat that I don't dare sell. Well, I see Dwyer got his parole. Yeah, I read that too. Only I don't believe anything I read in the papers. I figure the judge would know, though. Brennan. Yeah. Hey. Hey, look at the bird on the window. It's a robin, isn't it? Yeah. It's the first one I've seen this spring. You're supposed to make a wish. All right, why not? Finished? I've finished. <laughs> Get yours is about a girl. No, no, not this time. What's your name? Uh, Johnny. Mine's Mabel. They call me Lucky. Don't ask me why. You got a match, Johnny? Yeah, I got a lighter. Thanks. Say, that's a nice one. Gold, huh? Mm-hmm. What's it say there? <laughs> to my matchless son. <laughs> well, you'll never go hungry while you got there. I'd go hungry before I'd part with it. Have you ever been hungry? Me? No. Why, have you? Mm-hmm. Once, three years ago. That's before I met the Mick. I was locked out of my hotel room. The manager said he was going to call a cop. I told him he'd better call a plumber, too, because I'd left the water running. <laughs> then they took me to night court, and I met Brennan there. Oh. he never even seen me before, but he took my case, and he got me off, too. He sounds like a good guy, this Brennan. Ah, oh, he is. And speaking of the devil, here he comes. Who's that? Lucky, my girl, is that you? Yeah, it's me, Judge. Must be trouble. He always gets it when there's trouble. Oh, good evening, Lucky. Uh, oh, good evening to you, my young friend. How are you, sir? Very well. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> now, if this key will perform the duty for which nature designed it, I'll invite you inside. You got it upside down. Huh? Oh, I have indeed. Small wonder in this topsy-turvy world. <clears throat> Bring in the milk, young man. You bet. Thank you very much. Uh, just put them down any place. Oh, here, I'll move a few of the papers off the desk. Ah, that's better. Well, Lucky, how are you? I wanted to speak to you about Mickey, is he out? Well, he's out, all right. I don't know how long he's going to stay out. I knew it. Trouble. Nothing but trouble. Who's your young friend? Name's Johnny. Johnny? Johnny what? Even the humblest of us can afford a patronymic. Well, young man, what's your last name? My name? Apollo. Johnny Apollo. Apollo. Non semper contended Apollo. <laughs> Talk English. Where's the mick? I've been looking for him everywhere. Did you think you were going to find him in a bottle? You ought to know where to find him. Well, I can try. Well, try, and if your search is rewarded, bring him back here. Who's your young friend? Told you once. 
What's he want? I don't know. I found him out in the hall. So long, Johnny. So long, and thanks. What for? The judge won't be much help to anybody now. Well, Mr. Apollo, what's on your mind? A drink. No, thanks. Oh. I came to you for legal advice, Mr. Brennan. Oh, in trouble? No, not exactly, but I have a friend who is. He's in state prison. I'd like to have you try to get him a new trial or arrange a parole or something. Oh, I see. You don't mind if I lie down on this couch, do you? What's the rap? Uh, embezzlement. Oh, very difficult to get a new trial on embezzlement. When you embezzle money, you sign a lot of papers and you convict yourself. I hadn't thought of that. If you want to know anything about plain and fancy crime, you just ask me. What about a parole? Uh, money. You need money. Well, I've got $65. You got what? I got $65. Young man, go away and don't bother us. We are not amused. Now, look. I Put get... your 65 bucks in your sock and ask a policeman to escort you home. Troubled world, toil and trouble. Go away, Stats. What's the matter? Shh, I'm talking to my elephants. Don't move and they won't bite you. Well, Mr. Brennan. Mm. Mr. Brennan. Wake up. Listen, wake up. You want to see me, Brennan? Hey. Hey, what's the matter with him? I don't know. He's asleep. Yeah? Hey, Brennan, wake up. Wake up, you hear? Come on, come on. Oh, well, well, hello, Mickey. Now, listen, I hear there's some trouble. What's wrong? Everything. The police got Taffy Bade. Yeah? Where is he? State Street Jail. They got him for vagrancy, drunk. He's been bragging that uh, you could spring him. Why, that dirty... I can't show down there when you're too plastered. Hey, you. Who are you? Well, it's an old friend of mine. Very old friend. His name's John. All right. You want to make $100, Johnny? I'd like to do a favor for him, if that's what you mean. Okay. Now, here's some dough. Get down to the State Street Jail and spring a guy named John Bates. Spring him? Yeah, yeah. Put up the bail. Get him out and bring him back here. Uh, no, 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 wait. Bring him over to the Paradise Club across the street. Okay. Now, wait a second. Here, take this roll of pennies. Roll of pennies? What for? Uh, Bates is liable not to want to come with you. So stick him inside your fist. It'll help when you suck. I don't think I'll need him. Take him anyway. You might want to get weight. Riding high, my blues have taken flight. I'm walking by the river, cause I'm meeting someone there tonight. Ah, oh, that was swell, Lucky. I like you singing those sad numbers. I ain't heard that one before. It came out about the time you lost your first appeal. Oh. It's nice. Come on. Get in here, mister. Go on. Well, will you look who's here? I guess the fellow you want, isn't it? Yeah. Come here, Bates. Now, listen, Mickey. Shut up. What's the idea of getting drunk and shooting off your big mouth down to the station? I didn't say anything. No, you just said they couldn't keep you in jail. That your pal Mickey Dwyer would get you out in 15 minutes. Oh, no. And nobody's supposed to know I'm in town. Well, Now, I... sit down and shut up. <clears throat> You're not going to move out of here until I tell you. Okay, Mickey. Thanks for getting me out. Uh, keep your mouth shut. I'll see you go back in for good. Hey, Johnny. You have any trouble with him? A little. He had a roll of pennies, too. Oh. He did, eh? Well, maybe I should have warned you. Yeah, that's all right. His bail was $50. Here's your change. Keep it. You did what I told you. I like guys who do what I tell them. Thanks. Hey, Charlie. Huh? Mac. Uh, I want you to meet a friend of mine. Johnny, um... Apollo. Uh, Johnny Apollo. 
And he's no mug like you, Muggs. And this here is Lucky. Yeah, we met up at the judge's place. Say, that's quite an eye you got there, Johnny. We better put some beefsteak on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Charlie, get some steak. The best in the house. We ain't got no steak, Mick. Only chops and liver. What? So one of you guys didn't starve to death while I was in Huck. Come on in the kitchen with me, Johnny. Be right back, Lucky. Okay. Now sit down over there, kid. I'll see what's in the icebox. You know, when I was a kid, I blew one of these things open. I thought it was a safe. Uh, stick your eye up here. Thanks. Uh, it's over a year since I've been in this place. Brings back a lot of memories. You see those marks there where they got the fresh plaster? Yeah. Well, those are bullet holes. That happened when I got shot. You got shot? Yeah, before they arrested me. Here, feel back here, on my neck. Yeah? You know what that lump is? No. Slug from a thirty-eight. Here's another one. I got six in me. Don't they bother you? Once in a while, when it rains. Someday I'm going up to state prison to have them taken out. That's a nice, cheerful place for an operation. Well, the prison doctor's a good friend of mine. Yeah. I've got a friend up there, too. Who hasn't? What's his name? Richard Kane. Richard Kane? The millionaire? That's the one. Yeah, I knew him. He's the greatest guy that ever lived. You'd never know he was a millionaire. He was the only con on the joint who didn't claim he'd been framed. He wouldn't take anything soft, either. He went to work in a boiler plant, handle one of those pneumatic hammers. And he'd shake your head off and leave your hands looking like a piece of steak. And I never heard a squawk out of him. He'd wrap a rag around his hands and go to it again. <sighs> what a guy. He could take it. How well did you know him? He, uh, uh, paid my way through college. I bet you went first class. I did. What are you doing now? I'm looking for a job so I can pay him back. Ah, he wouldn't want to be paid back. I'd like to anyway. Well, quit worrying. You're all set. From now on, you're working for me. What? You heard me. But what'll I do? Anything I ask you to. Well, what do you say? Making you an offer. Take it or leave it. Well, it's a job, isn't it? I'll take it. After a brief intermission, Mr. DeMille and our stars, Burgess Meredith, Edward Arnold, and Dorothy Lemoore, will present Act Two of Johnny Apollo. Now for a minute, let's look in on a living room over on Stone Street. Mrs. Tucker is entertaining a girlhood friend of hers at tea. Suddenly... Excuse me a minute, Betty, while I answer the door. Why, Mary, a box of flowers. How exciting. Oh, roses. Why, they're from Jim, the old darling. He's remembered it's our anniversary. Flowers from your husband. That's something. Mary's a lot older now than the charming girl that Jim married. But he still feels a thrill of pride when he looks at her. You see, Mary doesn't have a lot of time to spend on beauty care either. But she makes every minute of her beauty routine count. Her skin always looks smooth and lovely, exquisitely fresh. You see, every day, Mary spends two or three minutes on a Lux Soap Active Lather Facial. Now, if you asked her why, she'd probably say, Well, I've found these Lux Soap Facials really work. Lux Soap has active lather, you know, so that it takes away every trace of dust and dirt and stale cosmetics from my skin. Here's what I do. I pat the rich Lux Toilet Soap Lather lightly into my skin. I rinse with warm water 
then cool. Then I pat my face dry. And afterwards, my skin always feels so smooth and soft. Looks so fresh. These Lux Soap Facials are a simple beauty care any woman can use right in her own home. Yes, any woman, right in her own home, can take active lather facials with Lux Toilet Soap, just as famous screen stars do. Claudette Colbert, Paulette Goddard, Olivia de Havilland. Well, name your own star, and chances are she uses Lux Toilet Soap. For nine out of ten of these famous beauties depend on its gentle, creamy lather to help in the job of keeping skin soft, smooth, and lovely. Why don't you try these beauty facials with Lux Soap for 30 days? I know you'll be delighted with the gentle, protecting care they give your skin. Get three cakes of Lux Toilet Soap tomorrow. And now, our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act two of Johnny Apollo, starring Edward Arnold as Richard Kane Sr., Dorothy L'Amour as Lucky, and Burgess Meredith as Dick Kane Jr., now known as Johnny Apollo. Johnny Apollo is a shrewd apprentice. In the hands of Mickey Dwyer, he quickly learns the hard and bitter rules of the underworld. To take all that can be taken, to hit or be hit, to kill or be killed. He's lost all contact with his old life now. There's nothing to remind him of decency and honesty. Only an occasional pang of conscience and a gangster's girl named Lucky. Paradise Club driver, make it snappy. Johnny. Yeah? Why did you pick me up tonight? You opened me at the club, isn't it? Mickey wanted to make sure you wouldn't be late for your first number. Acting on orders? Yeah, sort of. Johnny, tell me something. What did you wish that time? What time? Remember that Robin we saw? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why? What did you wish? I don't mind telling. I wish that Mickey would get out of jail. That was the thing I wanted most then. What did you wish? Can I guess? You wish that friend of yours was out. That rich guy. What do you know about that? Well, Mickey told me about you and him. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I guess that's what I still want most of all. Is that why you're playing around with Mickey? Listen, Johnny, I don't know how much you want it, but don't pay too much for it. <sighs> Sounds like a sermon. I guess it is. I feel sort of responsible for you. Why? Because until you knocked on Brennan's door that night, you'd never done anything in your life that wasn't on the level. Oh, now, listen. You fooled Mickey, but you can't fool me. You ought to know what you're getting into. I can take care of myself. Yeah, man. a lot of people think they can. They wind up with the state taking care of them. Not if they're smart. Some people get too smart. Johnny, up to now, you're not over your head. You've done a couple of things that wouldn't be considered polite in Sunday school, but it's not too late to move out. Why don't you? Because I like it where I am and I'm staying. All right. I don't want to butt in. Well, you haven't, but if you think you can tell me... Oh, let's cut it out. I hate arguments. All right, all right. I didn't know we had one. Hmm. Felt like one. Well. Let's make up. You can kiss me if you want. What? You can kiss me if you want. What's the matter? You afraid Mickey wouldn't like it? No. I'm afraid I would. Johnny, there's 5,000 bucks there. You're splitting the numbers, Rackham. Thanks, Mickey. Comes in handy. Yeah. Say, you ought to have enough by now to pay off that Kane guy with interest. Money isn't going to do Kane much good where he is now. 
Did you ever try to get him sprung? Well, yeah, I talked to Brennan about it. He says it's a tough rap. It'll take more dough than this. Sure, so what? I'll cut you in on plenty of other things if you want to play along. And I'm the guy that can fix that rap. And I got angles. You think there's a chance? There's more than a chance. It's a cinch. Mickey, if you could get him out, I'd do anything you want, boy. I'd work for you the rest of my life. Forget it. No slave owner. Hey, what do you get out of it if Kane sprung? It would be like having your prayers answered for the first time. And now we have our paradise songbird, Lucky Barry. Get a load of Lucky. Ain't that a dress? I guess I'm the lucky one, eh? Hey, I'm talking to you, Johnny. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's marvelous. You're luckier than you know. Yeah? I gotta leave now, Mickey. I wanna write a letter to Kane. See you tomorrow. Sure. Sure. May I never feel the falling rain If the love that I declare Isn't all that's right and fair May I never, may I never love again May I never see the blue of the sky or the moon and stars down lover's lane May I never live a day If I don't mean what I say May I never, may I never love again Sweetheart, when I'm with you I'm not a Foolish pretender Sweetheart If you love me too All I possess I'd surrender May I never feel Your tender lips May you never take my love In vain You're the answer to my prayer But if your love isn't there May I never, may I never love again Ah, that was swell, Lucky. Here, sit down. I thought I saw Johnny here. Did he leave? Yeah. Uh, you certainly do a lot of worrying about him. What goes between you two, anyway? What would you like? Nothing at all. Well, that's what goes. Nothing at all. Thank you. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hello, Dad. How are you, son? Got my letter? Yes, and I was more than glad to hear from you. You're looking well. Yeah, well, perhaps the diet and the regular hours. I'd forgotten what it was like to have an appetite. <laughs> Remember how I used to hate lima beans? Yeah. Well, I get them now. <laughs> After a hard day's work, they taste like coffee. Yeah. Uh, Being in prison has its compensations. What have they got you doing now? Uh, I'm in the boiler plant. 
Now that I've got me some calluses, they tell me I'm in line to be promoted. <laughs> Shop foreman. <laughs> I always knew that you'd make good. <laughs> well, tell me about yourself. About me? Uh, nothing much to tell except that I guess I've taken your advice and grown up. Your friends helped me do that when I was looking for a job. I'll bet I have more friends in here than I have on the outside. You probably have. Have you got a job? Yeah. Doing what? Well, you see... Make it snappy, Kane. I tell you, Dad, uh, I'd like to tell you my good news quickly. How'd you like to be paroled? Paroled? Yeah. Well, McLaughlin told me I'm not eligible this yet. This isn't McLaughlin. I've been working on it with some <coughs> other friends of yours. Is there really a chance? A good one. If it comes off, you'll be out of here in a few weeks. Well, you're not joking. No. I can take this place when I know I've got to stay, but to be, but the hope of getting out... Don't is... worry. Now, it's practically all set. Sorry, Kane. I'll have to break it up. All right. Goodbye, Dick. Goodbye. Remember, it's okay. Come on. So long. See you soon. So long, Dick. Say, Kane, mind if I give you some advice? No, no. Go right ahead. You've got a good record here. You'll get plenty of time off for good behavior. Why don't you let nature take its course instead of playing around with a rap like that? What do you mean? You know what I mean. You were talking parole with Apollo, weren't you? Who's Apollo? Ah, uh, don't try to kid me. Johnny Apollo, Mickey Dwyer's new front man. Oh, oh, no, you're making a mistake. No, I'm not. Didn't I see him with my own eyes coming in here with a mick? No, but he's... He's he... as big a rat as Dwyer. Only a lot smoother. What's the matter, Kane? You just sick or something? What's the matter with you? I... I want to go back to my cell. But I was here just a week ago. I saw him then. Why can't I see him now? I won't see you today. That's all I know. Now listen, don't you give me that. I want to see Richard Kane. I'm his son. I told him that. Richard Kane says he has no son. Come in, Lucky. What's on your mind? Judge, I'm looking for Johnny. Did you see him? Not since early this afternoon. Did you try his hotel? Yeah. He was supposed to take me to dinner tonight, and he hasn't showed up yet. We were going to celebrate. Oh, I'm afraid Johnny doesn't feel much like celebrating Lucky. He didn't have much to say, but I gathered that his stunt up at the prison fell through. He didn't say where he'd be, did he? No, but I've got a hunch. What is it? He bought a boat a couple of weeks ago. He was going to take Kane off on a cruise somewhere right after he sprung him. It's Doc, just off 8th Street. You try him, man. Johnny? Johnny, is that you? Who is it? It's me, Lucky. Can I come down there on the boat? You wanna? If I slip, I'll probably drown if I don't break my neck. Hello? What are you doing here? Well, in case you forgot, we had a date for tonight. You don't want a date with me. I'm no company. I don't know. When I was a kid, I always had a weakness for sailors. Well, you've come to the wrong harbor. I'm selling this scow tomorrow. Oh. I'm sorry your stunt didn't go through. Oh, it went through all right. Only Kane wouldn't play. You mean you had it all fixed and he wouldn't come out? That's right. Well, he must be nuts. Leave it at that. Johnny, what's this fella came to you? Just a guy that prefers prison to me. But if you... I don't want to talk about it. All right, Johnny. Hey, this boat is sort of wet. I didn't ask you to come. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come on below. I'll fix us a drink. Now, it's more like it's in magazines when a girl gets invited on a yacht. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. 
Well, you've got everything here, haven't you? Except a radio. You know, I was reading a story about a girl that got trapped on a yacht by a clubman, so she sent out an SOS on the radio. Well, her boyfriend happened to work for the Coast Guard, and he got there just in time to save her. <laughs> All on account of the radio. Hmm. Have you got a boyfriend on the Coast Guard? No. That's good enough for me. Come here. Why did you do that? I practically asked you to kiss me once, and you weren't having it. I don't know. I did it because I... I don't know. You have to have a reason for everything you do. Sometimes it's better not to have. Johnny, what are you going to do now? Are you going to quit, Mickey? No, no, not for a while, anyway. You know, Mickey can teach me a lot of things that I want to know, and then... Well, I figure I've got a future of my own. When I say my own, I don't mean that there mightn't be enough for two. Got a match? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot you use a lighter, don't you? You know, I noticed something else about that lighter one night. It's got initials on it. They're not J.A. That's right. In case you're wondering, those initials belong to a guy that I used to know. A dumb kid thought that he had a father, soft life, money, self-respect, all the other things that dopes think are worth having. Well, I don't envy him. I've got a lot more than he has. What, for instance? I've got that future I was talking about. With no strings on it. I've got you. Pretty sure, aren't you, Johnny? Am I right? Well. I guess so. I guess anything you say to me is right. Crime wave sweeps city. Citizens committee demands investigation. Reform party moves to end fight. Crime wave expose. Mickey Dwyer arrested. Mickey Dwyer arrested. Well, that's too bad. Have a drink, Lucky? Lay off, Judge, please. Why? This is serious. you got work to do. Oh, the Mick's been in spots like this before. He'll be out on bail tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Mick. Well, he who dances with the devil must... Pay someone, I forget who. What do you mean by that? I mean that Johnny's name is on a lot of checks and they weren't made onto the community chest. Since when has given money a crime? Since the new grand jury's been sworn in. Judge. Judge, what'll happen to Johnny if they send him up? Oh, he'll probably do about five years and acquire a taste for hard tack and chicory. I don't mean that. I mean, what'll, what'll it do in, inside of him? I'm afraid to guess. He didn't know what he was doing. The poor guy's half crazy. He's been hurt and he's sick. Why should he be punished for that? Of all things, not to be born in this world is the best. If I could get my hands on the guy who first called me lucky... Oh, no, no. It's all right for me to talk like that, but not for you. You're young and beautiful. And you're in love. Who says I'm in love? You do. Every time you open your mouth. Judge, we got to find some way to help him. We've got to. And we can't help him. Only one man can. The man who hurt him. His father. His father? Richard Kane. Is there anything you don't know? <laughs> I could figure that one out even when I was drunk. Kane becomes eligible for parole very soon. It shouldn't be very difficult to get them together. How can we get them together if he's paroled and Johnny goes up? Maybe Johnny doesn't go up. You mean, you think you can fix it? I think so. Oh, Judge, if you could. 
If you only could. All right, now, all right. Clear out of here. I'm going to be busy. Sure. Good night. I'll be around in the morning. Oh, oh Lucky. Yeah. Uh, Lucky, uh, about Johnny. You're not getting into anything you might be sorry for, are you? I just want to see him out of this racket with a chance to be decent again. No. You don't have to worry about me. I'm old enough to know when... when I'm not playing in my own league. Good night, Judge. Trying to help Johnny Apollo, Brennan turned evidence over to the district attorney's office. Evidence that would convict the gangster, Dwyer, and let Johnny Apollo go free. As Brennan returns to his office the same night, Dwyer is waiting for him. I heard you made a deal, Judge. Did you? I hear you offered to sell me out if they let Apollo off. Well, are you waiting for me to deny it? No. I'm not waiting for anything. Sit down, Apollo. You know who I am? I read the papers. You're the big man who's going to clean up this town. Your pictures flatter you. Apollo, we think Mickey Dwyer killed Brennan. Now, that's an interesting theory. Why should he kill his best friend? If he didn't, who did? You're the district attorney. You tell me. I suppose you don't know that Brennan was getting ready to sell Dwyer out. I guess you didn't know Brennan. And I suppose you weren't in on the same deal. Are you trying to be funny? All right, all right. Where was Dwyer between 11 and 11.15, night before last? He was with me. The whole time? That's right. You'd swear to that. Certainly I'd swear to it. Ah, you're all alike. You'd swear your life away to alibi a rat like Dwyer. Now, look, Johnny, you don't want to go to jail, do you? You tell me the truth about Brennan's death, and I'll drop my charges against you. Say the word, and you're a free man. <laughs> That's funny. You know, all your press releases said that you were a pretty smart guy. What do you mean? What makes you think I'd fall for a gag like that? If I'm going up, okay, I'm going up. But I'm not going to perjure myself so you can frame Dwyer. This is your last chance. Are you going to play ball with Dwyer or with me? With Dwyer. Well, now, you mustn't take it sort of hard, baby. You'd be a good guy. You will be a good guy if you didn't take all that newspaper stuff about yourself so seriously. Get out of here. Get out. Okay, okay. See you in court. Now, here's the map of the whole prison. You getting this, Harry? Sure, sure. All right. Now, Johnny figures this is our best bet, and I think he's right. You see this hot air vent? Yeah. Well, it goes from the library to the main pipe that passes through the laundry. And the laundry's outside the walls. Now, that's where you'll be waiting with the truck. Get it? Okay, sure. Hello? Playing games? Oh. Map of the prison. Well, you must figure they got your coal, Mickey. They have. They'll probably send me up for life. But as for staying up... That's different. Well, if you ask me, you won't need to arrange no break. You'll beat this rap I asked you, I'd spend the rest of my life making little ones out of big ones. The first time I ever heard of a guy arranging a break before he's convicted. It has to be a first time for everything. Mickey! If you're through with those blueprints, I promised the guy I'd have them back in the morning. Get a little nervous. They're all through. Take them. Now, come here, Harry. I want to see you before you go. Okay, sure. Johnny. Yeah? Are you in on this break? That's right. Don't you realize that a guy who makes a break, even if he gets away with it, is as good as in prison for life? He's always hiding and always waiting for them to catch up with him. It's not worth it, Johnny. You'll only get a short sentence if they send you up at all. 
With good behavior, you'll be out in two years. Then you'll be in the clear. Do your time and forget about this. I don't figure to do any time. What's going on here? Don't you think you've made enough trouble for him? Now you want to drag him into a jailbreak. You're going up for life. You need help to make your break, so you talk him into it. Johnny, can't you see he's just using you? Nobody's using me. I know what I'm doing. Thanks anyway, Lucky. See you tonight, Mickey. Yeah. Okay. All right, Lucky. Let's have it. You're stuck on that kid. What if I am? Well, shouldn't I be a little annoyed? Well, you want to know why I'm not? Because he's got too much class to waste his time on that tramp like you. So I know it's nothing serious. You'll come crawling back. I don't think I will. Not after Brennan. Brennan? Do I look dumb? Brennan's going to try to get Johnny off, and the D.A. suddenly gets some new evidence on Mickey Dwyer. Brennan has bumped off. Is that a coincidence? Was Johnny in on that deal? No, but I was. You were? Yes, me. Why, you double-crossing little... Go ahead and hit me again. You're a big, strong guy, aren't you? You thinking of using your information? Not in the way you think. But if I can find a way of using it to help Johnny Apollo, I'll use it plenty. Dwyer and Apollo sentence. Gang chief gets total of 25 years. Johnny Apollo, five to ten. Five to ten years. Keep in line there, men. Next. Name, please. Hello. See, you've got a new job. I thought I'd see you today. You're a trustee now, eh? Yes, for good behavior. Name, please. Johnny Apollo. Your real name. I haven't any. Occupation? Embezzler. Second generation. It's the policy here to keep the men usefully occupied. What would you like to do? Doesn't matter. As long as you don't put me here in this office. That's all right with me. Try the jute mill. Next. Thanks. Here's your man, Miss Barry. Only five minutes. Thank you. Mr. Kane? Yes. I don't think I've had the pleasure. I'm Lucky Barry, friend of Johnny Apollo's. I'm not interested in any of his friends. Say that for Mickey Dwyer. When I say friend, I mean... I know his real name, Mr. Kane. Do you? He seems to have forgotten it. That's your fault. Mine? He didn't forget it. He put his soul in hock to get you out of here. That's why he got in with Dwyer. Are you asking me to believe that? I'm not asking you to believe anything. But I happened to be there when he came down to see a lawyer that he thought could swing a parole for you. So he met the Mick and he got in deeper. All the time he never had a wrong thought in his head. He was only thinking about you. What kind of a father do you call yourself anyway? All this is pretty hard to swallow. If you really loved him, you'd swallow it, all right. Yeah. But can't, perhaps I can make this easier for you if I tell you he means more to me than anything in the world. That's all I wanted to know. Listen, is this place wired? You know, there aren't very many secrets in prison, but this is a safer place as any. Well, this isn't my secret, so keep it to yourself. There's going to be a jailbreak tonight, and he's in it. They're going out through the prison library at 6 o'clock. A break? That's right. 
He wouldn't be in it if he wasn't off his nut. You gotta stop him. He's gonna make the break with Mickey Dwyer. How deep is he in with Dwyer? Plenty. He figures that Mick is his best friend because he never turned him down. What he doesn't know is that he had other friends. Brennan was one. The lawyer? He was killed by Mickey Dwyer because he was trying to help Johnny. Tell him that. Because it's the truth. No, no, he wouldn't believe me. Make him believe you. Act like you're his father for once. Six o'clock. There isn't much time. There's time enough to stop him. You've got to. Miss Barry, before I do this, there's something I have a right to know. Why did you come here? Because I... Because I think I love him even more than you do. I see. If he gets away with this break, he'll have to go into hiding, and I'll have him because I'll be willing to go and hide with him. If you stop him, you'll have him. I'll never see him again. So I'm telling you to stop him. Does that answer your question? Yes. But there's no reason why you shouldn't see him again. I'm leaving town. Where? As far as 20 bucks and a mink coat will take me. So long, Mr. Kane. Good luck with Johnny. Thank you. Just a minute, you guys. Where are you going, Dwyer? It's mess time, six o'clock. We know what time I'm it is. I'm going to return these books to the library. Oh, yeah? All right, make it snappy. Get in, Johnny, quick. Okay. Hello, Mickey. Bring back some books. Yeah. You on duty here, Kane? That's right. I asked for it. Yeah? Well, why don't you quit? You're going to be late for chow. I don't feel hungry tonight. I get it. Well, you just sit there and relax and you won't get hurt. Now, that laundry shoots over this way, Johnny. Come on. You're not going, Dick. Get out of my way. No, I've done you plenty of harm, but this is one thing I can't let you do. Now, listen to me. I've listened to you once too often. I may have been wrong before, but this time I know I'm right. If you go through with this, your life's finished. It's a little late to be worrying about that, isn't it? It's not too late, but it will be if you go. I can take it. I'm I'm, I'm going to stop you if I get killed for it. I thought I told you to relax. Now, get going, Kim. I'm ready. Wait. This man killed Brennan because he was trying to help you. Why don't you tell him, Mickey? You might get some of the same yourself. Now, on your way, Johnny, quick. He's not going with you. Who's going to stop him? I am. Let go of that phone. Hello, hello. How did I tell you? Me, the warden's office. I want... You shot him. If he's dead, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Take your hands off. Are you dirty murderer? All right, Johnny, you're asking for it, too. Mickey, Mickey, come on, quick. Okay, Harry. Now, wait a minute. I'm leaving my gun for Johnny. Let him take the rap, that double cross, and... Here we are, Mickey. Mickey, come on. Now, try and make me... I got him. I got Mickey Dwyer. Dad. Dad. Oh, forgive me. Forgive me. I'll give you one more chance, Apollo. Why did you shoot Kane? I didn't shoot him. I didn't shoot him. Come on, Johnny. Come on. It'll be a lot easier if we get the truth now. That's the truth. I didn't shoot him. Listen, Johnny, Kane is still unconscious. If he dies without talking, we'll hang you higher than a kite. So why don't you come clean? Go in, Miss Barry. Hello, Warden. Nothing out of him yet. This girl wants to speak to him. Is this the man, Miss Barry? Yes. Johnny, I heard what happened. They say that I shot him. He's dying. You didn't shoot him. I know that. Johnny, tell them who you are. Your real name. Richard Kane, Jr. What's that? He's my father. Well, why didn't you tell us? I tried to tell you. You wouldn't listen. Hello. Hello. Get me in the infirmary, Dr. Brown. If you're Kane's son, why did you shoot him? I don't 
Archie. I didn't shoot him. I didn't. I didn't. Hello, doctor. Is Kane still unconscious? Hmm? Well, I've got to see him. You suppose you could bring him around? Hmm? Long enough to make an identification to answer one question. All right. We'll be there right away. Come on, Johnny. We're going over to the hospital. You can see him now, but don't stay too long. How is he, doctor? He has a chance. About 50-50. Come on. Go ahead, Johnny. He'll make it all right. I'll be waiting here. Kane. Kane, do you hear me? Yes. Listen, Kane. Who shot you? Who was it? Uh, Mickey. Mickey Dwyer. You're sure of that? Yes. Kane. Kane, try to open your eyes. Look at this man. Who is he? Do you know? Dad. Who is he, Kane? Do you know him? Yes, I. I know him. He's. He's my son. Dad. Open her up, Ed. Well, goodbye, Johnny. Hope we won't be seeing you again. Thanks. Two years was long enough. I'm on the outside now. I'm going to stay there. Fine. Good luck. Good luck to you. Hey, Jake. Yeah, son. Oh, Dad. Dad. How are you, Dad? <laughs> oh, it's good. Oh, it's great to see you, son. Come on, I've got the car over there, and we're going home. All right, but look. I, I, I got to stop off somewhere. You know, I, I got to look for someone. Yes, I know. I found her for you. She's she's waiting for you in the car. She is? Yeah, you go ahead, son. My, my shoelace needs tying. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Hello, Lucky. Hello. I was afraid that you'd run out on me. I couldn't do that. I tried, but I couldn't. Don't you ever try again. You hear me? Remember that, Robin? I saw one this morning. I made a wish. I did, too. And this time, it was about a girl. Curtain falls on Johnny Apollo. Your applause calls our stars back to the footlights. Edward Arnold, Dorothy Lamore, and Burgess Meredith. Here they are. Thank you, C.B. As you always do, you made this week a pleasure. <laughs> I don't suppose it's polite to go looking for another invitation, but I, I hope you'll ask us back again soon. Well, now, I'm kind of a stranger around here, but that goes for me, too. <laughs> well, as we say over on the Paramount lot, Burgess, it's, it's in the bag. See, now, speaking of the Paramount lot, reminds me the first time I saw you, sir. I certainly was impressed. It was while we were making second chorus. And one day I saw about eight or ten people come out of the commissary and start off across the lot. Three or four were taking notes. Some of them were arguing a mile a minute. One of them was still eating dessert. And I heard a guy tell some, some sightseers that it was Cecil B. DeMille and his staff working on a script. <laughs> well, the first time I saw him go back to his office after lunch, Burgess, I thought it was a fire. <laughs> Eddie, I appeal to you. <laughs> well, it may not look like a fire, C.B., but you don't waste any time. <laughs> and I'm not going to waste any time either, Mr. DeMille, in saying a good word for the Lux Radio Theater and for the product behind it, Lux Soap. I think it's grand. I've used Lux Soap Active Lather Facials for a long time myself. 
And I like them better than any other complexion care I've ever had. Now, we've always known that about Lux Soap, Dorothy. But those words of praise from you are music to my ears. <laughs> Good night, Good night. Good night. You three are certainly good company. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.